The Love Life and Lose Weight podcast will teach you the art and science of changing your habits around food. I'm your host, Advanced Certified Weight and Life Coach, Heather Beardsley. I've helped hundreds of women just like you figure out how to stop dieting, lose weight, and love life on the journey to goal weight and beyond. Hey, welcome to episode 49. I'm calling this episode relational capacity. I was thinking about the concepts I wanted to teach about your capacity in for your like within yourself to relate to the actions that you want to take to reach your goals. And of course, that's all in the container of weight loss. So I was like, oh, relational capacity. That's what I want to talk to them about. And then after that, <laughs> I Googled what is relation is like, is relational capacity a thing? And apparently it is. Um, when I did the Google search, it tends, I guess, to be used in uh, an organizational uh, context where it's a capacity or a space in which you have the ability to work with others. So it's more in like um, a relationships or a larger context of, you know, work relationships or a container of community. So it's an extrinsic capacity to come together and work together. And it's really interesting. And so, so the way that I was thinking about it was your ability to meet your expectations of what you know you need to think, feel, and do in order to lose weight. And here's why this is important for you to think about. In my coaching, what I've noticed is that there are often topics that my clients bring to me where they feel like they failed themselves, whether it was an overeat or a binge or a way that they drank more than they wanted to or what have you. And when they're telling me about what happened, of course, there's a disappointment there. It's great that there's an awareness that this is sort of in the way of um, them being able to create results for themselves. So it's, it's a challenge, right? Creating change requires knowing where your habits are at and the limitations of where you're able to perform in terms of your thinking and your actions to make the desired um, changes um, happen to give you the results that you're looking for. And as a coach, when I hear the story about the challenge, it's interesting. There's, there's two different perspectives there. The perspective of the client is always one in which they don't understand why they did what they did, or they feel disappointed that they let themselves down. And my perspective as a coach is that there's a good reason why that happened. You see the difference there? So I know that in the moment that they're not able to take the actions or do the thing or put the fork down 
or wait another hour for hunger is because the setup of the scene, if you will, environmentally, emotionally, um, the tenor of the day, the emotional tenor of the day, their feelings of tiredness, their feelings of even being low on their water intake will all sort of meet the moment and they'll either be able to pull the trigger on the desired actions or they won't. Very often, this is um, sort of presented in an interesting way. It's like, I had the thought that this was all too hard. And so I gave up and I just thought, well, I'll start again tomorrow. Or I just thought like one bite won't matter. And then one bite led to another, which led to another, which led to another. And, you know, in the, in the Monday morning quarterbacking of whatever happened, it's like, well, why did I do that? And there's, like I said, there's this letdown. There's this like frustration of my client with herself. And there's capacity issues that are maybe not always talked about. You know, you have to develop an emotional capacity for, let's say, feeling frustration. In the moments when you say like, I just had like a shit day, like let's say a bunch of things went wrong at work, um, you almost ran out of gas, you got home and the dog got in the garbage, right? There's serious capacity issues here. Like, are you going to be able to have the capacity to make the dinner that you planned? You know, in some instances, no. And in, you know, in the seat of the client who wants to lose weight, it's real easy to, to have them dog on themselves for being frustrated with their actions. And, but when I frame it in terms of like, look, you just didn't have capacity for it in the moment. Like you were already out of energetic bandwidth. Your nervous system was way above, um, you know, home base. And, you know, you just emotionally had no capacity to find the thought or, that would allow you to take the smallest action to make dinner happen the way that you planned it, right? Or push through the, the discomfort of doing it, even if you couldn't find the right thought. And so in many ways, weight loss is about increasing our capacity or our tolerance for being able to do the things that we want to do, even though we feel the way that we feel. And this is sort of um, reflective of like, not only capacity for feeling bad and doing what you know you wanna do anyway, <laughs> um, but it also is a, a function of normalizing this process as normal. A lot of times when we look at like the, the exercisers, I always use you all, <laughs> that's such a great example of um, emotional, de de developing a great capacity for emotional 
um, tolerance. So doing the things that emotionally you might not want to do. You know, I, I often use the example of like the avid exercisers who tell me that they love burpees and I never believe them. And usually when I, when I press them, I'm like, come on, they're so hard to do. They're exhausting. How does that feel good? How can you say you love doing burpees? <laughs> Cause I want to know how are you, how are you doing hard things? Like consistently hard things day after day, after day, after day, after day. And of course, it's just about like, of course, establishing a habit, which increases your capacity for tolerating negative emotions, but it's also, um, it's a capacity to relentlessly change your focus from what feels bad to what is, what is the benefit of doing this on the other side of doing it, right? So that, that's also a capacity that needs to be built. So many of us have had such frustration with trying to lose weight sustainably on extremely restrictive diets that we've had to give up because it's just, it's talk about capacity issues. I mean, who can starve themselves and tell themselves no from foods they really want to eat like endlessly, like no one. So we give up, right? We just give up. We have to. We don't have a capacity to push past constant hunger when there's food everywhere. Like we just know like no rational human being is able to withstand that, right? Um, and in the way that I teach weight loss, a lot of times our brains just conflate like old restrictive diets with you know, how we teach weight loss in the membership and myself as a coach, of course, which is more like using your body cues to tell you when and how much to eat and using your own preferences, your, your tastes and preferences for food to decide the what to eat. And then just seeing how it feels good in your body. So that's an internal mechanism, right? And we want to, um, not conflate the two because it still is hard to put the fork down when food legit tastes really good, right? Like that's hard to do if you do it in a restrictive diet um, environment or you do it with the way that I teach weight loss. It still requires developing a capacity for um, discomfort, for doing hard things and for asking yourself the the manager you who has her eye on the long-term goal of weight loss who's willing to set aside her immediate gratification right putting the fork down even though it tastes so good like asking for water after the first glass of wine to like stick to your plan of only one glass of wine like you said right and that's all increasing our capacity Capacity is something that has to be built with a lot of practice and a lot of real world experience with failing at having capacity and just knowing that like, just like a, an Olympic athlete who trains for, let's say, you know, the, um, a thousand yard run, I don't know, 
they're going to have to not meet their target goal many, many, many times to trigger their body to build more um, strength, stamina, and quickness in their, their cadence as a runner, right? They're going to have to learn what doesn't work by failing and then using that um, experience to try to figure out a lot of and practice with a lot of ways that will build capacity for getting off the block quicker, taking more efficient strides, um, regulating their oxygen intake with their breathing. And all of these different areas need to be focused on and experimented with. And then the capacity of you to meet the moment, you know, like think about that Olympic runner, like maybe they never hit that Olympic time in their race. But if they have trained their capacity for all of those parts of themselves to work together, to tolerate discomfort in the name of building your capacity, then when the time is right, you'll be able to put all of those capacities together to create a never before seen result. And, you know, if you're my client or you follow my work or you're just, you know, you're, you're working on your weight loss. Let's say like, you know, when you have a fight with your kid, like you overeat, you're just, you're not at a place yet where you can expect yourself to kind of like not, not overeat. And so you just stay with where you at and you just work at the edges of it. And you try to overeat just a little bit better, just a little bit better and build your capacity for tolerating, you know, emotional discomfort because of what you're making the fight mean and allow yourself to move closer and closer and closer toward not regulating or buffering yourself from that emotional experience by thinking eating helps you, right? Like, so it's a, it's a capacity issue. And we all have, of course, different capacities inherently for different, <laughs> different things. You know, I have my clients who, you know, they're just very sensitive to being like a little bit low in sleep. My husband is like this, like he could just, he could just sleep like 10 hours. If you left him alone, he would, he, his body is just dialed in for sleep. And the more sleep he gets, the better he feels. For me, as soon as I'm I, like the best I ever sleep, my eyes literally pop open at eight hours. I cannot sleep anymore. I don't have a, an inherent capacity to have more than eight hours of sleep. Help me. I don't have a capacity for it. And I don't think I ever will. Now, I used to be a terrible sleeper and I worked with my thoughts around sleep. I worked with my habits around sleep to try to get myself to regularly sleep over seven hours. And if I can do that anytime between seven and eight hours, like I feel like I'm at my, my optimal capacity. And so there's, you know, there's, there's knowing yourself and there's knowing that like, I don't ask myself to create a capacity that I know I'm just, I don't have. Um, and sometimes I see this in relationships, you know, we want, we want say some of our friendships to, you know, be equal and 
they call me, I call them, she makes plans. And then sometimes I make plans, but you know, for some friendships, it's just not like that. Sometimes we just have that friend where like, or maybe we are that friend that just like lets the other person like make the plans because it's just easier that one person has the capacity for it. We see this in, in partnerships too. One person's the bean counter, the money counter, and the other person is like the extrovert and the fun person. And we, we kind of allow each partner to use the value of their capacity for different things. And so capacity is a player in our goals, but our current capacities can always be optimized. And if you're not at a place where you can pull the trigger on optimal actions, I want you to work on your capacity, developing your capacity, being curious about how you can stretch it if you think that's available to you. And sometimes what that comes to is like just realizing that like I'm always going to want to, for example, overeat pizza. I'm just that girl. I'm not going to like harangue myself for trying to be okay with always just having two pieces of pizza and asking myself to think that that is ideal. Like maybe you're just not that person. And then you, if that's true for you, you can work other areas of your intake with food and still maybe get the results that you're looking for. So whatever's happening for you, what if you just explained it by like a relational capacity in relation to this thing, I have a certain capacity and I have a certain set of habits that play out when those conditions appear and I can work on my capacity and I can work on my mind work and I can work on a plan to try to stretch my capacity and work with that. But I'm not going to beat myself up for where I'm at in running my race, right? Like I'm just not trained. I'm not going to express, expect myself to perform like an Olympic athlete if I haven't trained for the Olympics, right? And so, you know, there's ideal um, eating habits. There's an ideal way to do your thought work and work on your feelings and process them. But hey, we're all human beings. We all have habits around everything. You don't have to optimize everything in order to feel good about your life. You can kind of like work with those areas that you feel like you haven't optimized your capacity, but you know, in other areas, like, let's just say like, you know, your friend wants you to say yes to, I don't know, let's say it's a bachelorette party of really late, late nights at like strip clubs or something. And you're just like an introverted bookworm. You know, that might just be a capacity like, I love you, but I'll see you at the luncheon tomorrow, you know, and then you don't have to beat yourself up about that. We don't have to be all things in to everyone, even to ourselves in the pursuit of our goals. And for weight loss, you know, you're going to, you're going to find certain aspects of weight loss easier than others. The thing I'm just trying to impart with you today is to work at the edges of the places that you feel as though 
you haven't tapped your capacity at. And for wherever your performance is at with, you know, listening to your hunger and listening to your satiety cues to know when to stop eating, you know, let yourself be there and just work at the edges of where you're at and let that be enough. Don't use it as an excuse to feel bad or beat yourself up, right? Like, cause it's just not helpful in your weight loss journey. I always want you to relentlessly notice the progress you've been able to make, relentlessly notice your wins, validate them internally for yourself and, you know, puff yourself up, cheerlead yourself, wherever you're at on your journey is good enough to get you all the way where you need to go. And you can just hang your hat on that and believe in that because your coach told you you could. <laughs> okay. So relational capacity, apply it in your life. Your coach homework is to write about what do you think in your weight loss journey is in the way of you reaching your goals and make a list. If there's more than one thing, just make a list. Maybe it's like afternoon snacking. Maybe it's evening snacking. Okay. What, whatever it is, make a list. And then I want you to apply your capacity um, filter. Like, do I have a capacity to stretch myself and grow in my capacity to do better with this, to change my habit? Or is this something that I'm just not ready maybe yet to work on? And I'd rather work on this area. So just pick the area that feels good, where you feel interested in changing your abilities in this area and working on habit change and whatever way it makes sense for you. Okay. And then you can use that for your focus for the upcoming month. Okay. So that's it for today. Come visit me on the rail on episode. What are we on? Hang on. This is episode 49. Oh my goodness. We are now after this episode, just three episodes away from concluding one full year of the love life and lose weight podcast. Thing. You know, this, the past one, uh, episode 48 actually did not get uploaded until that morning. So I was wondering when that day might come, like, what is the day when the episode nearly did not get uploaded? <laughs> because my son does, uh, my audio mastering for my podcast and, uh, we have a hurricane going by Florida, so it almost didn't happen, but thankfully it did. Um, we had the capacity to pull it together and we did. So um, in any case, at the end of episode 52, I'm going to be telling you what to expect for season two of the Love Life and Lose Weight podcast, but not before we first talk about sustainability and integration too. Okay. So look forward to those. They're coming up. Uh, visit me on the reel on Instagram at thrive in midlife. Let me know your ahas or takeaways from our relational capacity discussion. And um, I'll see you over there. Stay focused and so long. Hey, if this episode was helpful, then let's connect. Visit hbeardsley.com forward slash subscribe. That's h b e a r d s l e y.com 
forward slash subscribe. You'll get a gift from me, exclusive subscriber content, and advanced notice of in-person events.